You're listening to the DNB Supply Show podcast, your number one resource for living the country lifestyle. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, coming to you from my place in the country to yours. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the D&B Supply Show. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, and thank you so much for joining us again today. Well, we hope you all had an absolutely fantastic 4th of July holiday. It is a great time of year, and it's a great time to remember the founding of our country. And, you know, coincidentally, or maybe not, one of the things that goes right along with the founding of our country in this time of year is remembering the Revolutionary War, of course, and the Second Amendment and everything that came out of that. And and that all leads us all the way back around to firearms and protecting our personal treasures and things like that and our independence. And so today we are going to have a guest on to talk all about safes. And I'll refer to them all the way through as gun safes, but what we're talking about is really high-quality, well-built safes that can protect your firearms, but also other valuables and things that are very valuable to you from both fire and theft in your house. So we'll be having on Steve Duarte, who's a senior account manager from Rhino Metals Incorporated, manufactured right here in Idaho, to talk all about gun safes. And man, there is a lot to know all about the thickness of the steel, the size that you need, how to determine what kind of ratings you need in terms of fire protection. How do you even get these things in and out of your house and much, much more? So we'll have that all coming up for you here in just a moment. Steve, thank you for joining me on the show today. Pleasure to have you on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You bet. Well, you know, I am really looking forward to this topic for a number of reasons. Um, I'm a gun owner and I have uh, a gun safe in my house and there's a lot of questions I probably did not know to ask. This topic is near and dear to my heart. When I was a kid, my grandfather was an avid hunter, and he had a beautiful rifle collection, and he kept it in one of those wood display cases, you know, the type that had a couple drawers at the bottom and glass windows over the doors so you could look and you could see the guns? Correct. Yes, I've seen them before. And then, unfortunately, somebody broke into his house and stole that entire gun collection, and I think like two of those guns were recovered, but the rest are gone forever, and that legacy is gone. So this topic of being able to secure these firearms uh, is pretty important to me. I'm sure it is important to you as well and, and the, the people that you get to deal with. Correct. And and on that topic, as, as you bring that up, there is a kind of a thing with gun safes that sometimes people perceive security or safety or protection um, and kind of the, the locking cabinets, which were, which you were referring to as far as your grandfather had, although they're, they're still a, a, definitely, they still have some control over the product or, or whatever's being protected. They don't generally meet the level of security that kind of what my company promotes as far as safes go. Right. So sometimes, you know, in those situations, it is kind of nice to display the product, but you also got to be, in, you know, cognizant of the fact that the guns are still accessible you know, breaking the glass and getting right in there and, and right. you can pull everything out. So safes, the, definitely the safes that we build and, and what we produce here uh, at the Rhino factory in Caldwell is, is at a totally different level um, when we're talking about not just protection, but also fire protection. Right. Yeah, you know, that's kind of the lesson I learned when my grandfather's house was burglarized was I really liked that case because it was attractive and you could see all the guns. But really what that case did is it, it kept, you know, the kids like myself from being able to access the guns and, and when I didn't have adult supervision, but it did nothing to protect those guns from either fire or from theft from a, from a burglar. 
Correct. And, and we do a lot of training and store events where uh, that's one of the things we try to educate people on is what the safes are for, uh, what the customer is looking for out of it. We want to make sure that what they're purchasing is exactly what they're wanting to do with that kind of uh, item. So selling them a gun case, kind of like what your grandfather had, with the expectation that it's impenetrable is obviously not the, right. not the case. You want to make sure that the, that the customer understands that and that what they're purchasing is, is going to give them the protection that they're wanting. Well, Steve, I kind of skipped right over uh, having you introduce yourself to our audience. I, the, obviously, that's a compelling story for me about my grandfather's gun collection. But uh, tell us what you do at Rhino Metals Incorporated. So I actually do quite a few things. My, my primary role here is in sales, but I also help out and, and do some assisting with the marketing portion of it. Also, I do uh, several shows throughout the year, you know, big shows that we go to where we promote our product and uh, do training and um, basically educating the customer, but along with the dealers of what we carry and what kind of things we have to offer. So quite a bit of it, a product knowledge is kind of what I'm geared to. I do have a lot of say in what we produce and how the quality of the product that comes out. We do a lot of planning for future products and new ideas and techniques uh, that we see in the market and trends that we see. So there's, there's quite a bit uh, that I get involved in, which is, which is very beneficial, you know, in, in being able to talk to people about sure. safes and, and kind of where this, uh, where the direction in this field is going. Uh, one of the things you mentioned, which has been a hot topic, are, is gun control, of course, and protecting guns and keeping them out of the hands of those, you know, who, who don't have the training or the wherewithal to be behind a, a trigger. So safes is definitely something we push a lot with gun owners is, hey, be responsible. We, we are uh, absolutely supportive of the Second Amendment, but we also know there's a common sense element to that which means if you're going to own something like this, you want to make sure it's protected and, and you know, in the right hands of those who, who actually can, can use them and be able to control them. So that's a, that's a big, big thing for us and what we talk about gun safes and protecting, you know, valuables along with firearms. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to purchasing a, a safe, the quality of what you all manufacture there at Rhino Metals, I mean, we're talking about keeping our guns from being stolen, we're also talking about keeping other valuables from being stolen. We're talking about keeping things from being burnt up and also making sure that we control who has access to those firearms, making sure that no curious kids in the house uh, have access to those firearms unless we want them to, right? Correct. Correct. And, and I always like to, with the general public, there's all, you always try to hit a common thread. And what I like to equate it to, it's almost like insurance. Mm-hmm. And I use the insurance because it's something all of us have to have with the vehicle, of course, uh, homeowners insurance, all stuff. You're paying into something because you're you're looking at a possibility of something you know going wrong down the road. And even though even though most of us hate to make that monthly payment on an insurance program or whatever it is, the day you need it, it is worth so much more. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like to use that same thing: safes are not something that uh, is relatively inexpensive. You know, they, they do cost anywhere from the low-end product is $500, roughly speaking, up to, you know, four or five grand. But if your home was broken into or if there was a fire, uh, you would be absolutely more than willing to pay that then some to protect those things. So, sure. you know, it's kind of an it's an investment. And, and the thing with safes is they last, they're going to outlast me, you, and, and everybody that probably grandkids, you know, they just they're built to the point where they don't 
fall apart within a year or two or 50 or 100 years. So it's definitely an investment and something I tell people, you know, you're going to hand that probably off to your kids or maybe even grandkids, you know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's something that you're going to be able to pass down along with everything that's inside of it, right? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, let's kind of get into the nuts and bolts of uh, choosing what kind of safe is right for each individual person. Okay, sounds great. You wear jeans, but you live in Levi's. At DMB Supply, we've got a pair to fit you just right. Iconic and hardworking. Levi's are legendary. Worn by cowboys, rock stars, and everyday people, we carry different washes, styles, and sizes for both men and women. These jeans are ready for anything your day brings, from working outside to a night on the town. The denim legacy lives on every time you put them on. So pick up some Levi's at D&B. D&B's got just the feed for every horse at every life stage. Purina Strategy. Whether your horses are growing, breeding, showing, or performing, Purina Strategy delivers the right density of protein, energy, and fat with less starch for more endurance and overall stamina. It's true. The standard in horse feed just got better. Our Purina Strategy horse feed now includes Outlast Supplement to support the gastric health of every horse in your barn. We'll see you soon at your favorite and be supply. Well, Steve, now that we're back, I want to start getting into how people can select a gun safe. And you know, the point of this conversation today is for us to have it so uh, the same conversation you might have with one individual person, we can have with multiple people at once and help them make this decision. Let's talk about safe size to start off, or if you've got a better place to start, we can start there. But if not, let's start by helping people figure out what size of safe they should be looking for. Well, the one thing that I like to start off with, to be honest with you, with the customer is finding out what they're going to put in it primarily. And I don't need, I usually have people that are a little concerned about sharing that information, sure. but I generally ask them, you know, what, what is it that you're looking to store? What's the purpose of the safe? Is it firearms? Which a majority of them are. Uh-huh. But then we also have the conversation of keepsakes, personal items, jewelry, money, you know, there was a period, and it's it's kind of toned down now, but there was a point where people were starting to buy yeah. gold, silver, precious metals because the dollar had declined. So you still have some of that. Um, so we start that conversation as kind of the beginning. What are you putting in there? How much items? The other thing is a lot of people don't think about pictures and photographs or maybe collections of things they've collected along the way. Um, they, they'll focus on one item and then when they get the safe home, suddenly they realize that the safe they bought was too small. So the size is always going to be dictated on what you're putting in there. So I try to gauge that conversation with what are you, what are you looking at putting inside? Let's talk about some items that maybe you haven't considered that maybe you might want to put in there for obvious reasons. And the other question is rope. That's the second thing we bring up. Younger couple, uh, hadn't started a family yet, but they're going to grow the collection. Maybe the guy will buy or, or the, the woman will buy a few more guns down the road or they're going to add new items. So um, when you're looking at the safe, it's sort of looking at a house. Uh, a young couple buys a new house, one bedroom. Well, are they planning on growing their family? You know, they're, they're going to want additional rooms and additional space. Mm-hmm. So safes are similar to that. You're going to look at what you're going to grow into. Most of us add product to our safe over time. So I always caution people to buy a larger safe than what they think they need for the sake that as they add items, ammunition maybe, um, you know, there's just so many different things that can end up going into that safe. 
and will take up more space than you anticipated before it's all said and done. So that's kind of where we start. And generally speaking from there, we'll go into showing, um, or at least I will, and along with most of the DMV employees, we'll take you out and we'll show you the different sizes. And that helps to get a visual of what you're looking at when you open the safe. You know, you can start visualizing your guns and everything in there and go, you know, I do need a little more space or maybe I want a taller safe because I want that top compartment. So there's a lot of things to consider, but most people do generally buy something that's smaller than what they need and then eventually have to upgrade over time. So like I said, we, we generally caution to buy something with a little room extra, a little extra room in it because you will add stuff to that safe over time. What's the most common thing that when you have this conversation with people, the most common thing, if you can think of it, where you go, where they realize, oh, that's right, I will want to put this in the safe, where they weren't even thinking about that when they were, when they're considering purchasing one? I think for most people, a lot of it is the uh, personal items. I mean, mostly everyone thinks of a safe and they think of dollar amount. You know, if somebody broke in my house, uh, my, you know, this is worth money, gold coins are worth money, guns, along those terms. But a lot of times we forget about the personal items that don't really hold a dollar amount in value, but they're very valuable to us for some reason. Mm -hmm. Mostly photographs, documents, wedding, birth certificates. You know, there could be maybe um, some collectible stuff, maybe heirlooms from the past that, you know, nobody really wants. There's somebody breaks in your house. They're not going to want to take that. However, it's irreplaceable for you. Photographs is the big one. I know that tends to be the one we, we overlook, but if there was a fire in my home today, mm -hmm. um, obviously I would definitely lose that. Another thing is the technology that's come along. A lot of people are having backup drives and whatnot, and those are things that are stored in the safe. You back up the computer once a month, put that you know drive in the safe, and should there be a fire, at least all your files and stuff are, are safely kept. So mm -hmm. little things like that, as, as time has changed, we're starting to kind of look at the evolution of, technology and saves, you know, being secure. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for people who are purchasing today, especially like you're talking about that younger couple and using the the metaphor of the first house, certainly people purchasing today, they're probably going to purchase more guns in the future. That'll be an expanding gun collection. So if guns are one of the things, because they're going to take up the most room, you got to have room for those things, right? That is correct. And the growth, like I said, it, it's just we always look at for today, and, and I remember my buying my first home, and that was the question, you know, how many kids? I'm like, wow, I never thought about some of these questions. Yeah. You know, as the house grew, as it developed, what were we going to put in it? How was it going to fill up? And uh, sure enough, you know, we're, so we had a, a two kids, and we filled that house up pretty quick. I think within <laughs> four years, we were wishing we would have even gotten a bigger home than that, right. you know? Right. So I always try to throw that out there. You know, I understand there's budgets, and everybody's got, you know, a dollar number they're trying to hit, but boy, it's so much cheaper to get the right one the first time around than having to go and chase the tail later on. Now, do you like, when it comes to, to space inside of a safe, I mean, obviously we'll have safes with shelves on them so we can put things like those valuables that we might not be thinking of ahead of time. What about those, I guess for lack of a better term, the holsters that can kind of hang on the door so if you have handguns, they can be stored there against the door? Do you like those? You know, that's kind of one of those items that has become a standard feature in all our safes. When I first started working for this company five years ago, it was an option. You know, people could upgrade and, and add that to the safe. And it became such a mainstay that everybody was ordering. It was easier for us from the production side of business 
to just go ahead and make it a standard feature and add it to every single safe. So uh, there's a lot of value in the pistol, the pistol pockets that are on the door. Uh-huh. And then we also add a few generalized pockets for uh, ammunition, um, accessories, cleaning devices, documents. There's, there's additional pouches in that door to give the customer some flexibility on what they're putting in it and what they can store. But yeah, it is, those are absolutely something that I think a majority of the customers that are out there definitely desire to have in their safe and adds a lot of value to the safe also. Well, I'll tell you what, let's take another break. When we come back, I want to ask you about the steel thickness and how, you know, what we should be looking at when we're shopping for safes. Sounds great. Things are heating up around here at D&B. You'll see why when you check out our wide selection of high-performance stoves from Harman, Quadrifier, and Heatilator EcoChoice. These classic pellet and wood-burning stoves light up your hearth and home. They give you even heat and easy maintenance with craftsmanship that stands the test of time and really stands out. So swing on by D&B Supply and see how Harman, Quadrifier, and Heatilator EcoChoice stoves can warm up your home. When you need to ride with trust, loyalty, honesty, and high-performing gear, ride with Weaver Leather, available at DMB Supply. For work, trail, and competition, Weaver Leather handcrafts original designs with the horse person in mind. Handcrafted in the U.S. for more than 40 years, you'll find innovative designs, skilled craftsmanship, keen attention to detail, and only the finest materials in every Weaver Leather product. To ride tall in the saddle, stop by your favorite D&B supply for Weaver Leather. Well, Steve, let's talk about steel thickness. So I've read a bit about this, but I'd rather just ask you about it. So when when somebody is shopping for a safe and and looking at theft resistance, fire resistance, all that, what should they be looking for in terms of that? There's several options in the market. What I like to tell people is you, you get what you pay for. Thicker the steel, the heavier the steel, the little more expensive it's going to be. So there is a lot of options. There's what I call the first level, and and it's more of an entry-level type safe. Don't have a lot of money, but I got two kids at home. You know, don't have a lot of valuables, but I need to lock the stuff up. Yeah, you get yourself a thinner steel. Doesn't have the security level, I would say, that you would want, but it's enough to cover yourself in the case of of somebody breaking in, at least on, on the lower level. But as you look at the quality and the safe as far as what you're wanting protection, mm-hmm. you obviously want the highest level. You're right. Steel thickness does have a lot to do with it. A majority of the average, you know, your average steel safe is going to be what we call 12 gauge. The lower the gauge, the thicker the steel or the lower the number, I should say. So you're looking at a 12 gauge steel. That's kind of your average. There are some out there that are 14 gauge a little thinner, but like I said, price goes down quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Our highest level of security, which we consider the best, is a quarter-inch plate steel door with a 10-gauge body. So that adds quite a bit of protection to just not to the front, but to the sides and the overall protection of the safe. We also use uh, protecting uh, plates inside the safe that protects the lock and that kind of uh, mechanism so that that's not penetrated either. So there is quite a bit in the higher level uh, security safes. To the uh, tolerances between the door and the frame, they're tighter. They tend to be a little, a little more constructed, you know, as far as the time and efficiency and that kind of thing. But once again, the price does go up based on the thickness and that extra quality. So 
it, it does come with relevance. And I, and like I do, I do try to tell people, you know, you get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. Um, but the steel thickness does play a lot into the higher level of security. And that, that goes across the safe market. I mean, it's, it's a general, you know, accepted thing that the thicker the steel, the better the safe, the higher the safety. Now, do you, uh, I mean, I would, I would assume you would know being in the industry and if this is an industry secret, please don't answer the question, but do we actually have like safe crackers out there? Like, you know, like you see in the movies, people go out and they'll drill out a safe or they'll, they'll uh, sit there and listen and, and break the combination and be able to get into these really well built safes like yours. There are. I mean, there there is always, even, I always like to tell people, even Fort Knox can be broken into. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes the movies, uh, what they show you, Ocean's Eleven and some of these, they're a little, obviously, they're dramatized for sure. the audience. It, it's not as easy as they make it look. There is a lot of work involved in doing that and being a professional. Most of the people that are in that industry that are, you know, I would call them professional thieves or professional safe crackers aren't going house to house. Door to door. <laughs> right. Most residences don't have anything that they're really interested in. Those guys are kind of looking at the bigger picture and going after the higher end, the bigger homes, or even like movie stars or things like that. Um, it, it's a huge risk when you think of breaking into something like that. Uh, majority of the people that we deal with, as far as customers go, it's the average person who has a home in the suburbs when they are broken into the, it's a person who stumbles across a safe mm-hmm. and definitely they're not prepared with all the high tech stuff. And they're definitely not skilled on knowing how to manipulate locks and all these other things. I mean, those are skills and trades that people learn over time. So I always try to caution people about worried. Well, somebody can break. Yeah. Anybody can break in, but it's a matter of uh, the general public. Nobody really knows how to do that. It's a, taking, you know, the, the utensils and the tools that are in the home to try to get into this thing. And there's definitely not, uh, it's not an easy task at all. We always say time and tools are what's going to dictate whether that person has the ability to even penetrate or get close to that. And most of the people don't. I think in the last three or four years that I've been here, we've had maybe two or three attempted break-ins on mm-hmm. safes. So it's, it's very minimal. But I guarantee you those two or three people were pretty happy that they had sure. uh, one of our safes in their home, you know. Well, I think when somebody sees a big, well-built safe like what you manufacture and sell, there's an intimidation factor. There's like, why even try? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, how, how do fire ratings work? If we want to protect, I'm trying to think about the most flammable thing we'll keep inside of a safe. So say paper or cash or something like that. How do fire ratings work? What do we need to be looking for? What you kind of want to look for is where the safe's going in the home. There's better places to put it in. You never want to put it upstairs if you have a two-story. Fire tends to engulf the top quicker. Basements, garages, you know, single-level floors tend to be the best. When we do testing on the safe, we test the whole safe. It gets engulfed in this flame for ours is 1,400 degrees, Mm -hmm. you know, and paper is kind of what the rating is, the, the gold scale. So the inside of the safe, cannot hit that temperature that starts to burn paper, which is 425. So we we look at about 415 internal temperature. So if you're looking at a safe that's surrounded by a temperature of 1400 degrees, this is how the rating works. You go 30 minute fire rating. That means in 30 minutes, that inside of that safe is going to hit 415. If you have a 60 minute, that means at 1400 degrees surrounding that whole safe, once it hits that temperature, 
you have 60 minutes before the internal temperature of the safe hits 14. And that's kind of how that works. Now, that's worst case scenario. If you have that safe up against the wall on a concrete floor, um, so the back's protected, the bottom's protected, it's going to change that time lane, you know, the timeline before it actually hits the, the temp- internal temperature. Mm-hmm. So 60 minute, 1400 degrees safe is worst case scenario is how I like to play it out. So there's, there's definitely a lot of time in protection. Um, the other thing to think about is general house fire runs anywhere from 1,000 to 1,200 degrees. The, 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 hot, the heart of the fire will generally hit right in there. Generally, it doesn't go any higher than that. So, you know, if the fire department has a quick response time, 30 minutes will be more than enough. Right. If you live out in the middle of, of nowhere where response time could be an hour, you definitely want to have a higher fire rating. You're looking at maybe two hours just mm-hmm. to be on the safe side. So location of the home dictates also what kind of fire rating you're looking at. And, and the last thing I wanted to mention on that is our company does have a lifetime warranty for fire and theft. So should either of those situations become a problem or occur during the ownership of that safe, I know we'll replace that safe cost-free to the customer. We'll move all, we'll get you in it, we'll do everything we need to do and it doesn't cost you a dime. And of oh, wow. course, replace it with a new. Okay. So that's a, that's a pretty powerful statement too, that when we look at that possibility of that happening, if, I wish my car was like that, buy <laughs> my car and if something happens to it, I get a free car, but, uh, but safes do, you do get a new safe from us. Mm-hmm. We definitely take care of our customers. Now you were talking earlier about keeping ammunition in the safe. So people keeping ammunition in with the guns at the safe, if there is a fire, at what temperature are we concerned about primers, gunpowder, all of that? That's a tough one. And I say that only for the sake that the odds are pretty low uh-huh. of those actually going off. I have had one incident from one dealer that they did have that happen. So you always want to put the ammo down low. If you have a lot of ammo, it's usually best to store it in another separate item, another safe. If you got that much ammo, if it's just a few pieces, I probably wouldn't worry about it. But we do have some people that tend to store a lot, and we always caution them to store it in a separate. Because if the fire does get that bad and you do have something go off in that safe, it will uh, it'll start a chain reaction, which will end up destroying everything inside the safe. So it's, you know, it's always one of those best practices to store ammo separate. However, it's not absolutely required. But it's the best practice is what I always recommend to store it separately. Well, let's take another break. When we come back, I want to ask you about locks and locking mechanisms, okay? Sounds great. The chicken or the egg? D&B knows what comes first. It's Neutrina NatureWise Layer Chicken Feed, which leads to both a healthier chicken and fresh, hard-shelled eggs. With over 90 years of experience raising healthy poultry, Neutrina NatureWise gives your hens wholesome, natural nutrition they can sink their beaks into. Free-range and home-raised flocks gobble this expertly designed and formulated layer feed in pellets and crumbles. So flock to your favorite D&B supply to pick up a bag of Neutrina NatureWise Layer Chicken Feed for balanced nutrition. We love George Strait for more than his music. After 56 number one singles, George is still a family man and a real cowboy. That's why we love him, and that's why he wears nothing but Wrangler. The George Strait Cowboy Cut Collection by Wrangler has a huge selection of styles a cowboy can be comfortable wearing anywhere. So head to your favorite D&B supply and try the George Strait Cowboy Cut Collection by Wrangler. Long live cowboys. Well, Steve, let's talk locks. So there are, and this is my my layman's attempt, 
there's electronic locks, there's mechanical locks, uh, and there's everything that goes into locking the safes. What are the pros and the cons of, of the old-fashioned lock versus the, the touchpad or the thumbprint, all of that? Well, you know, that's a, that's a highly asked question. Is there are some misconceptions out there about locks, especially when it comes to electronic. And then, of course, there's a lot of new technology that's come out recently that's in development. But you are right. Basically, you have the what I call the old-style lock. It's you know a dial combination, kind of what most of us might have had at school on the locker. You know, left three times to a certain number, and then right two. Most of what we do see in the market, as far as what customers want, is the electronic keypad. The electronic keypad is, you know, the standards nine digits plus a couple of symbols and a zero, and um, that's what most customers want. And, and the benefits for both, there, there are some benefits from one to the other. Of course, the dial doesn't require batteries, doesn't require the changing of a battery. So you're, you know, you're able to get into that uh, safe all the time. Now, I will say the batteries do last quite a while. Most people don't have an issue of running out, you know, of the battery when they need to get in the safe on electronic. Um, benefit on electronic for me personally, in my own opinion, outweighs out of a manual. The first thing is electronic locks have the ability for you to set that code, that combination. And it could be any six digits. So it makes it a little bit easier to remember when you're picking digits that you're familiar with and you can set that number. A mechanical or, or a dial lock is preset through the factory. And even if you have the ability to change it or, or set it to a different combination, there are some numbers that you cannot use due to the to the way the, the mechanical dial works. It's called the forbidden zone. Mm-hmm. So that you know certain numbers and certain placements can't re- be repeated. So electronic, much easier in that respect. The other thing is electronic locks. As I said, they can be changed. So you can change that code whenever you want, and it's a lot quicker when you're looking at getting access to your safe, which is the big thing I get people always asking, what if I'm in a panic or what if they're, you know, I need to get in my safe really fast? Well, it's going to take you a while with a dial, you know, a little bit longer with, you know, as opposed to an electronic lock where you enter six digits and you're in. Mm-hmm. One of the new locks that's come out, and this is also a hot topic, is electronic magnetic pulse, EMP attack. I mean, that tends to be in the news quite a bit and, and on the on the internet. Yeah. So one of the locks that we've come out with for a U.S. made line is the EMP resistant lock. That's been well received. It, it settles a lot of a lot of worry from people um, as far as getting into their safe should there be an EMP attack, that kind of thing. So it, and that generally an EMP is just something that knocks out electronics. Right. That's what Basically, it's it's uh, an attack is to do. So, what this lock does, it's just, it's been tested. There's a military test that uh, Sergeant in Greenleaf has done, and they've applied it to this lock, and this lock is passed with flying colors, of course. And so, it's an EMP resistant lock. Should that happen, you're able to still dial your combination and get in your safe. But those are the two primary. There are some biometric stuff out there, but it has its pros and cons. I don't think it's been refined well enough. There's still issues with people using their fingerprint on a regular basis and, and the wear and tear on the lock. So I, I kind of tell people to stay away from that just for that reason. But uh, electronic definitely is by far the more popular and desired type of entry into the safe. Now, when it comes to physically opening the safe, of course, you enter your combination either way. Does every safe, is it going to have that rotating handle on the front to withdraw the, the rods uh, from the, the side of the safe and allow the door to swing open? 
Yes, that's correct. There are on the inside of the safe, and this is generally on every safe that I know of, generally there are door pins, and the door pins extend in and out, uh, retract, of course. So when you do enter your code, uh, for the most part, most locks, you know, you go ahead and turn the handle, and it'll retract the door pins. Once you've retracted the door pins, then you're able to pull and swing the door outward and, of course, open the door and gain access um, into the into your safe. Great. And then what about the hinges? Is there a benefit to hinges on the outside versus the inside? Where, is, how does that impact, I guess, the overall security of the safe? We've actually never done inside hinges and internal hinges, and there's a reason for that. Two big reasons. One of them is internal hinges have to be welded to the body on the inside of the safe. And what that does is it allows for hot spots. Uh, you end up with areas where there's no fire protection from the sheet rock or whatever uh, it's chosen to do. So you're allowing heat to penetrate into the safe directly from the metal. Okay? Mm-hmm. So that's not good. The other reason is within external hands, which is what Rhino, we're here at Rhino, what we do, It gives you the ability to open the door 180 degrees. Mm -hmm. Um, Internal hinges generally only give you a 90-degree swing, and then your door doesn't open any further. Well, with our system, the way we have it set up, those external hinges give you that ability to take that door and swing it all the way open should you need to gain access into the back corner or something with that effect. So it actually serves two purposes and, and benefits, of course, the customer. And for those that worry about, well, if there's hinges on the outside, somebody can just cut them off, right? Well, there's internal door pins that go into the hinge side of the door. So even if they cut through the uh, hinges, the door is still not going to come out. It's, it's it. fixed inside. Okay. So it covers that portion of it. Oh, that makes a ton of sense. So those door pins are going both left and right and securing that door on that safe. So cut the hinges off if you want. It's not going to make any difference. Correct. In fact, you'd, you'd want them to cut the hinges off because it's going to take up valuable time. And most people, are, you know, these criminals are panicking. They're, they're hearing noises. They're thinking someone's coming back home. or So, so it, it takes a lot of bit of time. You, you, we set all these things up on purpose for people mm-hmm. to try to break into the safe and take up time and take up time. And then when they leave, you come home, you see your safe's been tampered with. You call Rhino, call the police department, whatever you need to do, and we get you taken care of, get you back in. But it is about taking that time and making them work for it. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, of course, being frustrated and leaving. Let's take our last break. When we come back, I want to talk about location, humidity, and just a few other things that uh, we should consider when we're buying our safe. Okay. Thank you. Tailgating season's here, and D&B Supplies got just the generator to run your stuff. The Honda EU2000. Uh, the EU2000 is excellent for tailgating because it's super quiet. So generally, you're in a parking lot with a lot of other people. They get irritated if you've got a real loud generator. So that's one of the biggest things. And then, of course, you can fill the tank up, and generally it's going to last all the time that you're out there tailgating. The Honda EU2000, available at D&B Supply. Say you were to ride off into the sunset. Ideally, what kind of boots and clothes would you be wearing? For horseback riders of all styles, nothing beats the look and performance of Ariat. Available at DMB Supply. Everyone from famous rodeo cowboys to country music legends to equestrian Olympians. Turn to Ariat with confidence. You can count on them too. Think of Ariat as your ultimate riding companion for the life and times in the West. When you need to better outfit your ride with Ariat, stop by your favorite DMB Supply. All right, Steve. Well, let's talk about safe location. So you already mentioned that having them on the second floor is a bad idea, especially when 
when it comes to fire safety. What about the issue of, let's say, for example, you've got it in your garage and uh, you're gone on a long trip and somebody just comes in your garage and just loads up the whole safe, takes the whole deal. What, what do you recommend there? Well, from the company's standpoint, we recommend to anchor the safe. So okay. each safe that we sell has pre-drilled, four pre-drilled holes in the floor of the safe. Okay. It is an option. The customer doesn't have to do it, but it's highly recommended to have it anchored in. And there's a, there's a way to go through, you know, if it's concrete, you'd use concrete screws, wood, you'd use general wood screws. Mm-hmm. But that, that is absolutely one thing I would recommend to have that safe bolted down to the ground. The, the other reason being is it's a lot easier for a criminal or a burglar to get into the safe or gain access if the safe isn't bolted down. And the reason being is they can dump it on its back and now they're using gravity to try to break into that front door. Mm. Or if the safe is bolted up, it's you know, you're using your own force to try to gain access. It's much, much, much harder. So anchoring the safe down is definitely something that I recommend. It doesn't take a lot of work. It's not as hard as some people might think, but it definitely adds a lot of value and safety to the items that you're storing in your safe. Now, how about moisture inside the safe, uh, especially when it comes to uh, guns with, with steel on them? We don't want things to rust. What do we do about that? You know, I recommend it on every safe. Even if you live in the middle of a desert, I would still recommend to have something in there. And the reason being is I've heard stories from, from a lot of people that they've had moisture issues, even when they didn't think that it would be an issue. So one of the things that I encountered was a lot of times people put, majority of people I deal with at least, they put them in the garage, okay, which is great. Nothing wrong with that. But, you know, weather, rain, snow, that kind of thing, your car gets full of uh, moisture, it goes full in the garage, you close your garage door, and suddenly the humidity in the garage has gone up. And we don't think about that, but I've had tools that have rusted. So you do want something, even if it's in the garage, or even if it's in the house for the most part, because you're you're investing. And, And the thing with dehumidifiers and that whole market they're not expensive. High-end humidifiers are going to cost you $29. Low-end humidifiers, you know, maybe $10, $12. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, in the, in, the, in the scope of what you're putting in that safe and what you're purchasing a safe for, I tell people, just, you know, buy yourself a dehumidifier, put it in there, and at least you don't have to worry about if the moisture goes up for any reason. Certain parts of the country, obviously, there is more, more moisture in the air, mm-hmm. but uh, it's definitely something I recommend. Most of our safes now, we're starting to put electronic, our electrical outlets in it. So there's some dehumidifiers that you could plug in and just leave them on. You don't okay. even have to worry about drying them back out and replacing them and that kind of thing. Now, insurance. Let's talk about insurance rates for a moment. So can buying a high-quality safe, can that impact what you're paying on homeowner's insurance? Yeah, it definitely can. Um, some insurance companies will give you a break uh, based on, on the safe uh, having that. The other thing is if you're insuring jewelry or if you're insuring high-end, you know, for those people who have some high-end products and they're putting insurance on it because they're afraid it might get damaged or stolen, having it in a safe or having it locked up in something like that obviously is going to protect you. And the other thing, and I kind of covered this topic earlier, is the way the law is looking at guns and gun control and gun responsibility and all that. If you have your gun laying around and it's not locked up, it's stolen and used in a crime, mm-hmm. you might find yourself responsible for that. So, you know, that's also something to, to consider when we talk about not just insurance, but 
um, protecting yourself, protecting your home. You know, you don't want to be a victim of a lawsuit or something like that. And uh, locking them up definitely puts at ease a lot of that stuff, but it does give some insurance breaks along with it. So we've got all these great reasons to buy a really high quality safe. These things are behemoths. How in the world do we get them in and out of our house? What do you recommend? <laughs> a lot of it depends where where in the house it's going. Um, you know, you, you can rent um, a pallet jack, get it into your garage. There are some other alternatives. We talk about using the PVC pipe, buying PVC pipe, using the, uh, I call it the Egyptian style of moving pro- okay. a big item. You know, you put one in front of the other and you just roll golf balls work but you know when you start getting into the the larger thousand pound even 800 pound and above uh-huh. there are professional safe movers out there that will will do a good job they're bonded they're covered they won't damage your home i've heard horror stories from people who have taken out walls and have just you know damaged their home their floors even trying to get some of these really high gloss and and really nice uh safes into their homes yeah. so I always tell people, you know, if you have the money, have a professional do it this way. You're not having to worry about damage or um, any of that kind of, you know, even injury. I've heard stories of people getting injured, moving these things around. So, but there are some options, the smaller and lighter ones are manageable for the average person. But, uh, but yeah, we have several of our dealers that will do deliveries, installations, what we call white glove. They'll bring it in for you. They will help you set your combination. They will wipe it down. They will run through the safe for you, explain everything, how they let you I mean. There's just so much information out there that it's nice to have somebody come into your home, place that safe in one spot and give you the rundown. And, and to me, that has a lot of value. Absolutely. So there are tricks and kind of uh, little hacks out there to move them around. But uh, worst case scenario or maybe best case scenario, there's somebody that you can hire that will do it for you and get it done professionally. Yeah, most markets. In fact, we do a lot of drop ship orders uh, for customers, you know, through our dealerships, and we're seeing more and more white glove requests, and mm-hmm. it's becoming a bigger market. It's becoming a. I mean, I've got some dealers that they definitely outsell their competition because they do that service. Mm-hmm. They will do deliveries. They will do, you know, the uh, stairs. They will do a lot of extras, and it's a service that people are willing to pay for because, like you said, they're heavy. You know, a lot of people have never even owned a safe, let yet alone move one. And mm-hmm. so um, uh, it's definitely become a bigger market out there for our dealers. Well, Steve, thank you so much for sharing all this with us today. That is a wealth of information, but I think it's important information, and I really do appreciate your time and expertise on this. Well, I thank you for your time and uh, educating our public on, on the product. And uh, there is a lot of information out there. But uh, we definitely appreciate your time and uh, b for being one of our supporters. Thank you all for joining us today. And here is to you and your pursuit of the country lifestyle, however you define it. For the d Show, I'm Matt Breckwald.